Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. About to be 1240. Welcome back. Midday grind. 590 fan. 590thefan.com. Charlie Marlowe, Brian Hoffman, Martin Kilcoin sliding out. Boy, there is going to be a, an energetic rammer. I was in just going to say, look. Wow. Rammer comes it. in, gives me the fist bump, yeah. and he says, both our teams are in. Talking Bradley and Slew. And I was going to say, do you want to sit in here? And if he can hear me, he can still obviously come in. Or maybe he wants to save Seven. all of his hot takes. For the hard line coming up at one o'clock, Matt Rocchio also sliding in for Jim Heuer and Martin Kilcoin going down to Shafitz Arena for SLU holding their media availability after just an unbelievable, phenomenal, and fun weekend. And we always joke, March Madness, this is March, but what you saw or heard on the radio over the weekend is why March Madness can be so fun, especially when you're watching the A10 tournament. When you have SLU or if you're rooting for St. Bonaventure, neither of those teams had any chance at an at-large. And they're just grinding it out and trying to get the automatic bid. And when you're watching or listening to that SLU game and they have a big lead, and then what happens with about a minute and a half to go? They start following them. And the bugaboo that we've talked about all season long in free throws and Slew starts missing a couple free throws, yep. and the Bonnie starts scoring. And you're just, I think as fans or media members, whatever, you kind of always think worst-case scenario. And it would have been apt if Slew actually, because we've talked about free throws all season, if that's what did them in in the 8-10 tournament championship game at the end. But if you're watching that final minute, I mean, that's panic. That's the heart rate is up. And with what, about three seconds to go, Bonnie's have a an open look in the corner, a good look, and the dude just missed it. I rarely do this, but I yelled at my TV. Like my wife was just she was out and just around the house, just organizing stuff, and I'm watching the game, and all of a sudden she just hears, "Oh my God, he's wide open!" <laughs> and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" I'm like, "Oh, you missed it," but like I could not believe after that mad scramble at center court, him to be in that position right in the corner with all the time in the world, obviously three seconds, but all the time in that span Clean to look. set his feet and to get the shot up. You're like, oh, my God, this is going in. And then and you to take see Slew going nuts. And to take a little chip, too, on the on the shot. Yeah. Like that, that, that the, and I, I was at work, so I wasn't watching in real time, but when I saw the, uh, when I saw the, that shot, the thing that, that blew my mind away that would make, would have given me a heart attack is that whatever Slew player was that contested that, that shot hard, 
his shoulder definitely came into contact with the guy's arms kind of as he was coming down, and I was like, man, a ticky-tacky ref could have done something there. It would have been the worst thing in the world, but, yeah, that was the entire mm. play just nerve-wracking. I know I'm biased, but don't you think at the end of the game you have to swallow the whistle no, I, in a I, play like that yeah. unless it's blatant? But but you always there's always that chance where we, where we then have a discussion about it the next day on radio for 12 hours where a, a ref gets a little... Let's one let's one lose. Or again, it was less the fact that there was that the situation, and just that the fact that you saw contact on the shooter, combined with the fact that you're looking for the ball to fall because it again it is a clean look. Oh, it was worry. It was worrisome. But it is. It is incredible. Fun. And we saw it with Bradley, and you see it with Slew. Kind of the on social media, especially Billiken fans workshopping the process of convincing themselves of getting four wins in four days. Like you see VCU going down on the other side of the bracket. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, the top team's out. And now all of a sudden we have Dayton. We split for seven. We could beat Dayton again. And then Davidson, they nearly beat it home, lost on free throws at the end. And then once you're in St. Bonaventure, just why not just get the win? It was, that was just a lot of fun to watch over the weekend. And they did just grind it out so much. I know you've had Tremaine Isabel Jr. really coming on. Rammer was uh, tweeting that Tremaine Isabel Jr. averaging 21 points a game the last 10 in March, the six games, we're talking almost 23 points per game. He had the 39-point game at the end of the regular season, carried them for stretches of the A-10 tournament. And then the fact that, look, coming in, Travis Ford, the M.O. was, rightfully so or, or incorrectly, this guy was a recruiter more than a coach, correct? Yes. And look what's happened. Even last year, although it wasn't a phenomenal season, they had all the issues with the Title IX investigation. They were down numbers-wise. And they still had a, a solid season for what they were going through. This year, Cartier Gordon transfers. You have other transfers before the season even starts. You have injuries. The numbers are thin. You're basically playing six guys. And, and maybe we talk too much about halftime adjustments, and, and that's also a football thing. But look, for, for a while there, SLU was a team that was outperforming in the first half because they have five or six really talented guys. However, other teams eight or nine deeper over the course of a game, and then the fact that Slew wasn't making free throws, Slew would, would peter out at some points in the second half. Go to the A-10 tournament, they flipped that script by being plus 53 in the second halves of those games. You're talking about outperforming your opponent by about 13 points per game over four days. That's coaching. Four games, and that's where, again, give Give uh, the coaching the credit there. Yeah. Whether it's halftime adjustments, whether it's changing schemes, give Travis Ford a lot of credit for what happened over the weekend. I mean, Slew made the adjustment on offense, just missed the first shot, get the rebound, and score then. That was kind of their, their second half offense. Here's, the, first here's the thing that I got to wonder, which is, Charlie, we know, that towards the end of the Slew regular season, was hedging uh, that propensity that, Mizzou w- that Slew would play well in the first half and then kind of let them back in in the second half. Now, it obviously completely flipped the script, so the question is, how many games into the A-10 uh, bracket were you betting where you were like, I, I, this is oh, not going question. the way I thought? Good question. I will when, say, did you, when did you realize, do all this analysis about when they were not, how they flipped the script because you lost a ton of money, you were like, well, I will say this. I learned something. Overall, it was a good weekend <laughs> okay. to bet okay. the slew buildings. That's all I'm all saying. Right. I think sometimes, though, you can, you can look at all the different games. So and you, then you were betting have... over-unders is what you're telling me? I almost always bet with them first half, second half. Okay. But what I'm what I'm saying is you could look at a 35-game slate and you can draw a lot of – there's a lot of data points there. 
But then in this tournament, you kind of would also just watch that game and say, okay, if it's a one-point game at halftime or if it's a two-point game, if Slew's down three, you kind of just ask yourself, do you think Slew's going to win this game? Do you think they're going to lose this game? Okay, they're not shooting well, and they're still within a couple points. All I'm saying is it's just so impressive. It was so impressive to watch what they did because they just gutted out with defense, with crushing teams on, on the rebounding margin throughout that whole tournament. Locking down Davidson on Saturday and holding them to what? 28, whatever it was, percent shooting and 23% from three. They just, with, with basically six guys taking up the majority of the minutes, they grinded out four wins in four days, and that's just so impressive. And that's the thing about, you mentioned the amount of players they use. I don't know if CBS did this intentionally, and I didn't see the, the slew graphic, but when they did just kind of like the preview of the game right at the start, and they were showcasing starters for, for each team, on the same Bonaventure graphic, they said all 11 scholarship players available or are healthy for this game. And I'm like, that's the, it's the polar opposite of what SLU was facing. And we were joking last week, you know, on Thursday, you no know, 25-point win would do you pretty well because you get to rest, and at least to a degree, in that second half and get guys prepared for the next game. That was never an option for them. And they had to go the whole way through with just about the same group of players playing the majority of minutes. And it's all the credit in the world to, for, to Coach Ford and his team. And you saw a little bit of... Casey Hankton, yes. you saw a little bit of Deion Wiley, but for the most part, it's those five starters logging darn close to 40 minutes or 36 or 38, and then Fred Thatch picking it up with about, whatever, 27, 30 minutes. And it was those six guys, for the most part, carrying you for four straight days. I also think it's if you look at those four games, uh, SLU had a different leading scorer in each game, different guys stepped up, you know, in Javon Bess, you know, kind of had good, good games, you know, games two, one, you know, two and three struggled a little bit. Games one and four, Tremaine Isabel didn't have a great championship game despite being great to get him there. But then uh, Goodwin steps up and has his best game of the tournament. That was the thing that jumped out to me the most is that guys like, you know, Isabel having a really good tournament, but then he struggles a little bit in the championship game. Those guys pick him up and you saw the secondary efforts of guys like Bess and Goodwin in French to really help him you know, get to that next level in those first couple of games. That was the thing that really stood out to me the most. And that's where, now look, every once in a while, DJ Foreman can have a 17-point game, and he can kind of be the star. But for the most part, he's not that guy, although he's a, a very capable overall player and, and a member of their rotation. But to your point, Rocchio, on any given night, those other four guys can be the man. And, and you can almost flip a coin. Now, right now, Isabel Jr. is hot. But it's going to be either Bess, and, and he's limited physically, you'd think. For a while, he was absolutely carrying them. But on any given night, it can be Bess scoring 20-plus points. It can be Isabel Jr. It could be Jordan Goodwin. It could be Hassan French, who you saw early in that tournament, dominating with a 22-12 and 12 performance. So, 8.57 p.m. Central, the last game of the first round and the last game of the night on Friday in San Jose, California. Slew versus Virginia Tech. Slew a nine and a half point underdog, so it's plus three eighty five on the money line. If you'd like to know about those things, I actually think that Slew has a decent chance to win the game. ESPN gives Slew a nine point three percent chance, and Joey Brackets, who knows Slew very well, of course, for his time there covering the Atlantic Ten, Brian Hoffman. Yes. Uh, he's not high on Slew. He's actually to the opposite. He's very high on the Hokies. Well. 
Joel Lenardi has two clips out, so we'll play the slew one first. He's basically has given previews, brief 30, 40 second long previews of every team in the tournament and their chances of advancing, however far they want to advance. Here's Joel Lenardi on the Bills. It was the year 2000 when St. Louis U became the first team to win four games in four days and a conference tournament title. The Billikens just repeated that feat in Brooklyn to capture a surprising Atlantic 10 title and its automatic bid. For SLU, it was a redemption after having been picked to win the league but finishing just sixth in the regular season. I think Travis Ford's guys are out of gas at this point. They're offensively challenged, and it's hard to see them advancing past the first round. But they're in, and that's an achievement. I wouldn't say they're necessarily offensively challenged. They they don't shoot threes they don't well, shoot threes well. they don't shoot free throws well. Right, but they do have a good inside game, which you saw especially early in the second half yesterday. Yeah, but if you look at 13, if you look at double-digit seeds and how they win games, it's usually because of defense, free throws, and threes. Yes. Now, they have one of those in spades in defense, but the other two parts of that, of, of that equation are free throws and threes, and they can have a good game from deep, but I don't think we ever really should – Lean on them, just cleaning the, you know, cleaning it up at the charity stripe. So let me ask you guys this, and I'm trying to check the text line eight five five two eight two eight two five five. And SLU did beat Virginia Tech last year. Last year in November. So again, I haven't went through and looked at the entire roster of Virginia Tech to see who was there and who wasn't. And well, that's not necessarily the point because the same with SLU. Tremaine Isabel Jr. wasn't here. But do you think there's something to the fact that at least half these guys on both teams have seen each other? And going in, a majority of SLU players, whether it be Goodwin, Bess, Foreman, French, guys that have been here for a couple of years, they have beat some of these players that they're going to line up against in Virginia Tech, even if it was last year and Virginia Tech was a different team. Well, uh, we had with Frank at 1030, John Laser, the play-by-play radio guy for Virginia Tech basketball. He said Buzz has referenced that game since then. He's used that, and he's kept that in the memory of his hokey players just as kind of a, a lesson of how they lost that game. So it's almost, to a degree, might work against them just because Buzz Williams is just kind of, hey, there they are right there. Got a chance to write that wrong. And, and maybe this is more of a media narrative, but I think sometimes in the tournament, if you face, for example, Duke, part of it, they've already beat you just because it's Duke. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you see that uniform and the and the D logo Zion. and Zion. You hear about him every day. <laughs> it's almost like when you were in high school – and you're playing a football or basketball or baseball game, and you see the other team get off the bus, and you're like, oh, my God, they are so much bigger and stronger than us. Mentally, you're already kind of beat. So what I'm saying is I don't think SLU will have any of that. First of all, Virginia Tech, very great program, ACC, but it's not like they're North Carolina. And then the fact that you've already beaten some of these guys 18 months ago, I guess what I'm saying is SLU will not be scared whatsoever. They're going to no. they're gonna go in there and, and – Give them their best game. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think it's going to be close, though. I don't think it's going to be a nine-and-a-half-point margin. No, uh, and I think they're confident and in that because they know that they can get off to a rough start and recover. And The game yesterday got off to a terrible start. Their first five, six points were from the free-throw line. They went minutes into that game without a, a single field goal, down by, what, nine? At, at halftime. At halftime, and to come back from that and to dominate in the second half or for four straight games gives you a lot of confidence knowing that things can get off to a rough start and you're, you can still recover. So how about Joey Brackett's take on the Hokies? Well, he likes Vatek. The Hokies have only lost two games in the last month, both in overtime to Florida State 
and all without Justin Robinson. They get him back for the NCAAs, making Virginia Tech a dangerous underdog potentially in the later rounds. I see them getting fairly comfortably to the Sweet 16, playing in the nation's capital and a rematch with Duke, also out of the ACC, who they upset in Blacksburg. But the Dukies were without Zion Williamson in that game, and you have to think revenge will be on their mind in the regionals. Virginia Tech, a bit of an unlucky draw. It's a sweet 16 trip for Buzz Williams and company. How about that? Didn't even really mention Slew in no. that clip, saying he's got him penciled in to the sweet 16. It's unfortunate. All I'm saying I is I, I think it's going to be closer, and I have all the respect in the world for Joey Brackets and very good analysis there. But I do think if SLU loses, they might just get beat. They might not play well. They might not shoot well. I do think the out of gas thing, I don't think you can necessarily say that when they have five days of rest and they're playing the, the final game on Friday night. Yes. They might lose, don't get me wrong. But I think, look, you were running on adrenaline during that tournament, and you were out of gas at the end. You still won. Now you're going to have five days off to – Hopefully rest up, ice up, whatever type of minor nicks, you can take care of that. And I think they should be good to go. They still might get beat, but I don't know about the out-of-gas thing Vata at this point. has to travel farther. Will jet lag get them? We, we can uh, run some numbers gonna on that. They're going to think it'll be midnight when they're playing on Friday. And on that note, <laughs> a quick at the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, real quick, just to give credit uh, for a very fun call on the Billiken Radio Network on 101. Here's Bob Ramsey's final call yesterday afternoon. So we'll play. Dump it out, almost thrown it away. Oshini catches up top, Griffin rather. Now to the big man. Oshi hands it off, lost it, stolen, but no, he couldn't steal it. Lofton brings it back, wants to drive, dish to the corner, open, lost, no good. Rebound, loose. One second left, in fact, just get it away, and the Billikens win. 55-53, they're going to the NCAA tournament. He missed the three. The Billikens in a dog pile. They're going to the NCAA tournament. I will admit, I, I muted the TV and pulled the stream over my laptop to hear Rammer's call yesterday. Can you just isolate the part where he says open three? Just because the, uh. the way his voice goes up, <laughs> the, the worry in oh, his no. voice when he says open three is so palpable. And he was very open. Yes, he was absolutely wide open. Uh, any early upsets that stick out to you? I know, obviously, let's just do, because I think 11, 6, and 12, 5, I don't want to say common but it's frequent enough that sometimes it doesn't feel like an upset. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Murray State beats Marquette. How about 13 and above? Do you see a 13 beating a 4, a 14 beating a 3? Anything that jumps out at you? Again, I, I hate to be a homer, but oh. it would not. No, I'm serious. Okay. Would it really surprise you that much if SLU beat Virginia Tech? Mm, no. Oh, I thought you were going the other homer route. Oh, oh no. no. He's, he's spoken about that game. Okay. We, we're, talking, we're talking about Bra the Bradley Braves unlikely Elite Eight run. We've already spoken about that. Listen, with Bradley, as long as we're talking about anything besides them denying access to a beat writer, I'm fine with it. Okay, so which is worse, 
Charlie, we, already, we already discussed. Char- no, no, no. I, no, I, I, I the difference here. Charlie being up in the clouds about his chances here, or the fact that Hoff has multiple times in the last 24 hours, that being the third time I've heard, <laughs> talked about how his alma mater is going to lose in the first I'm round. Try, I'm trying to That's say it. That's the third so time you've mentioned it, Hoff. In the event that it happens, I'm not that crushed. We, I guess we could save that for tomorrow, more 13-4, 14-3s. And, and look, we'll <laughs> have, so we'll have a lot of time to break it down. I was actually going to go through region by region. Maybe we can handle that uh, Tomorrow, but off the top of my head, I like to think who's vulnerable. And, and maybe, again, this is me just thinking distractions play a huge role. LSU. Yeah. What's going on with LSU? That's is fair. their coach, Will Wade, is he even going to coach? He wants to coach. They won't let him. I know it's Yale. Could you see Yale beating LSU a 14, taking down a 3? That would not shock me. I think uh, 12, uh, Oregon over Wisconsin, I think is my favorite, 12 yeah. over 5. Oregon's on an unbelievable run right now. Yeah, I agree. And finally, down in Jupiter, Dakota Hudson, three and a third, no runs, uh, no walks, three hits, five strikeouts. He loaded the bases with one out in the third and then promptly struck out the next two guys. So that's guy trying to get a stranglehold on the fifth spot in the rotation. That is the end of the day. All right, good show, fellas. And coming up, you're not going to want to miss this because the aforementioned Bob Ramsey coming in next. He has all of the ringside, courtside perspective from SLU's amazing run Four wins in four days at the Atlantic 10 Tournament in Brooklyn and now on to the NCAA Tournament where they will take on Virginia Tech on Friday night in San Jose, California. Rammer can also talk about the fact if he's going to wear the same clothes and not wash his clothes, if he's superstitious. So maybe he should start his show with that alongside TJ Moe. Coming up next on the hard line, this has been the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. For Martin Kilcoin, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio, Jim Hero, I'm Charlie Marlowe. We'll talk with you tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.